Trying to figure out why Mike's wearing a hoodie today and it's 95 degrees. Holy <laughs> shit. I wondered that right away. Man cannot be comfortable. You've got, like, you just look weird. You've got peel from a sunburn and a hoodie on. And then a hoodie. Well, maybe I'm trying to protect the sunburn. Fair enough. You're protecting your sunburn? Yeah, because I don't want to get burnt. I don't know. I got burnt in 70 degree fucking weather, so I don't make any sense. It's all good. It was 74. Didn't think I'd get burnt. How much time do you spend outside? All right, guys, if you shared and all that stuff, if you're done, then take it away at your leisure. Alrighty. Fantastic. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back with absolutely zero demand. The show formerly known as MN Sports Talk has rebranded and we are live now from NBC Studios here in the Twin Cities um, as the Glass Half Sports Talk podcast. Um, we will be with you guys on Thursdays around 11 ish as you can see it's past 11 right now obviously we're not the most punctual people in the world but we'll try to be better at it at least four minutes late <laughs> yeah mike is the most consistently late person on the planet and i guess that's a pretty good introduction to him so i'll kick it over mike um why don't you introduce yourself say hello to the folks tell them a little bit about you hello everybody uh really quick so i was a three-sport athlete for as long as i can remember um have always had a great passion for sports um played basketball baseball and football um Coached all three, coached hockey, um, still coaching uh, football at the high school level. So um, sports have always been a large part of my life. Um, and this opportunity is something that we started during COVID, just talking sports and allowing our opinions to kind of get out there in the ether because um, Nick and I feel like we have some decently good takes on the sports world and we'd like your opinion on those takes. So please feel free to comment as we go through stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Feel like, comment, share, subscribe, do everything that you guys need to do to make sure that uh, any opinion you have that either agrees right alongside us or you think we're absolutely fucking crazy, go ahead and comment about that as well. Um, myself, Nick Huffman here. Um, I, much like Mike, was a four-sport athlete all the way through high school. I uh, did not play any college ball, went into the Marine Corps, and decided to live vicariously through my uh, love-hate relationships with Minnesota sports teams. At some point in my life, I would like to get a championship, but that's... A big part of the reason why I want to do this. We're going to hold the Wilfs, the poll ads, the anybody who's up there in ownership accountable. This is going to be a no hold, holds barred show. So it's not going to be any of this, uh, this softer stuff that I feel like it's kicked around a lot of Minnesota media these days, protecting a lot of these people. So, um, if you uh, want to go ahead and give us a follow and get updates on what we're doing on a regular basis, I know you can find us on our social media platforms. We are glass half sports talk on um, both YouTube and Instagram, and then Glass Half Sports on Facebook and Twitter. Um, be a ten, be a friend, tell a friend. Much like we said in the intro, yep. we'll get this thing rolling. And uh, without further ado, I guess we can kind of kick up into our first segment here. And in order to be respectful of the most uh, responsible or important position, I think in sports, I'm going to let our resident quarterback talk about a quarterback. All right, so. Everybody, uh, unless you've been living under a rock, you've heard about the Aaron Rodgers drama in Green Bay. Um, now, first of all, I'd like to say I think Rodgers is a drama queen. Um, it seems like there's Rodgers drama every other year, if not every year. Um, something the Packers said, something the Packers did is just not sitting well with him, and he makes sure to let everybody know. So Rodgers is a drama queen. want to get that out of the way first and foremost, so we'll see if anything from this offseason actually materializes from anything or if it's just him throwing his usual fit 
Um, but so I'm going to kind of go in the, inside the mind of Aaron Rodgers right now. Um, he thinks that the Packers have continuously failed to bring in talent around him. Mm-hmm. So if you look at their past drafts, you know, bringing in Jordan Love, uh, bringing in a running back or not beefing up the defense the way that he thought, he doesn't really have any first-round receivers throughout his career. However, when you look at the weapons that they have brought around him, you know, Devontae Adams, Robert Tanyan is even one of the better tight ends uh, these days, Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, he has had weapons around him. Uh, he just doesn't like them because they're not the first-round receiver, the bright, shiny new weapon. Um, and I'm just curious kind of what the character of 12 shows in the offseason, and maybe that's the reason they haven't been able to get over the hump versus not having the weapons that he's necessarily wanted. Yeah, and it's 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 very interesting because there was a time frame there where all the way up until last year before he went and got on the Pat McAfee show, everybody thought that the same three things. Not a great teammate. Difficult to work and coach with, right? And very like aloof, California cool, not very much fitting the Green Bay Packers like system the style. Blue the blue style. Color. I'm going to work for you. Like, you know. And so then he does this run on the Pat McAfee show. He gets all this positive PR about being this California cool kid hanging out with AJ Hawk, just right. talking football. And I actually didn't mind that side of Aaron Rodgers, but now part of me thinks that he's throwing another temper tantrum. Was that all positive PR spin? Was this planned? Did he want to get out of Green Bay the whole time and needed to prove that he wasn't a locker room cancer? I mean, I think it's definitely possible. I I would give him credit in that he's an intelligent guy and has foresight throughout his career. Um, it's just, it's interesting when we look at the dynamic between the two Hall of Fame quarters, quarterbacks that the Packers have had for the past 30 years. Brett Favre is the ultimate team guy. Three, if you count Bart Starr. All three of them, by the way, playing 16 seasons maximum in a Green Bay Packers uniform. Aaron Rodgers this year would be year 17. Interesting. Interesting take right there. Um, I just meant like back-to-back as far as, like they've truly had Hall of Fame quarterbacks for 30-plus years back-to-back. Um, and the dynamic between the two could not be more different, right? Brett Favre is yeah. the ultimate team guy, playing for the love of the game. He's basically a kid in a candy store when he steps onto the football field. Uh, Rodgers, if you told Rodgers that he wasn't going to get paid this season, I don't know if he'd come out and play. Yeah, that's probably true. He'd probably go to Jeopardy, right? Yeah. By the way, killed it as a host. If the man wants the job, give it to him, because that's probably the only way I'm ever going to watch that show post the death of the late, great, um, his name's escaping me. Alex Trebek. Um, But yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to me, right? And I understand that Aaron Rodgers thinks, oh, the Packers have done me wrong. And you're right, 19 first-round picks in his tenure there, and I think three of them have been on the offensive side of the ball. No receivers. No receivers. So, like, I get your frustration, but at the other, you know, point or linchpin to this, when you're a quarterback, the caliber of Aaron Rodgers, and you're asking for that kind of money, and you'll hear me make a very similar argument when we talk about Kirk Cousins, I don't need to get you a weapon. You are the weapon. Peyton Manning made guys that were nobodies as receivers absolute stud. Tom Brady did it. Um... I'm sure there's other quarterbacks throughout history that I'm just like not thinking of right now that have elevated the play of the weapons that they have. Not to say that Aaron Rodgers hasn't, but when you've been to as close to the mountaintop as he has been over the last 16 years for the Packers and Aaron Rodgers to only have one Super Bowl to show for it, I understand why both sides could be frustrated. Right. I would be frustrated as the Packers, to be honest, because I think they have more of a right to be frustrated than Aaron Rodgers does. Like they've invested in Rodgers, his career. They've they have beefed up the defense. They have given him a great running back, a great running game. Um, they're not winning championships because of twelve. I agree. 
I hundred and by the way, if you're the Green Bay Packers like organization and you're gonna sit there and still tell me that you don't need an owner when this is the second time, you're right, 30 years of top five quarterback play. Mm-hmm. You have two Super Bowls to show for it, and the end of both have been extremely messy. It's time for you to get somebody who, for lack of a better term, can kind of come in, put nuts on the table, and be like, sit down, shut the fuck up. We need to play football and win championships if you want me to pay you. Because he, he's going to be beloved by the public as long as he wins, right? Because winning is the best deodorant for just about anything that you can do in sports. It doesn't necessarily even need to be an owner, but even the GM just needs to basically they need to bring somebody Good in Kunst. that's not scared of Aaron Rodgers. Right, so Gutekunst is scared of Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion. Is he? I I personally believe so. Like, if if it if push came to shove, Rodgers would be the quarterback for the Packers, and Gutekunst would be out possibly. I think that the Packers, as a whole front office, like if it was between those two, it would come down to Aaron Rodgers winning that battle. But because of the entire Packers front office, I think Lafleur has a set of nuts on him right. a little bit, uh, it's more than McCarthy when it comes to Rodgers. That yeah. I think that's going to be the swinging point, and Rodgers is actually going to be out. Well, I also think that Aaron has a more respectable relationship with the floor, right? That's a that's right a, now. That's a partnership, right now. That's a partnership. You know what wait, I mean? And if you're Matt Lafleur, if you're Matt Lafleur, how scared are you? Right? Like, do we know? I don't it was think you're that scared Kunst though, because that defense is solid. You have a great running back, and Jordan Love like can't hit a net running forward at six yards. Everybody saw the video last year, right? He's not ready to play. I, I I think there's a reason they signed Blake. Th- their their offense would change dramatically with bringing Jordan Love in. They wouldn't be able to throw the ball 40 times a game. Right. They would be basically very similar to the Minnesota Vikings as far okay. as run and play defense. But they would be extremely successful at that style of play. In okay. My opinion. So maybe not 13 and three successful, but definitely playoffs contending well, for the NFC North. That's true. But I think if you subtract Rodgers from that organization, that organization as a whole isn't going to know what to do without a guy in the building. We'll see. And the other thing is, is if Rodgers leaves, then you're looking at the domino effect, right? So Devontae Adams could be out. And he came out and said that already. He's like, I, I obviously love it here, but if my guy's not going to be here, I don't know if I'm good. Like, you're going to start to clean house. It's going to be exactly what happened in Indianapolis when Peyton left, yep. right? It's going to be the same thing that happened in New England when Brady left. Yep. You're going to get a reset year, and it's going to suck. And I absolutely love it because fuck the Packers. But what are you, so what fixes the situation, right? Honestly, there's no short-term fix, in my opinion, because even if you keep Rodgers, there's going to be some sour feelings and yep. shit's going to happen, and then you're going to be basically dealing with the drama of 12 that's going to be between you and a Lombardi trophy again. Like, yep. they may go 12-5 and five and go into the playoffs, but they're not going to climb that mountain because you're dealing with outside shit that affects the on-field play. I agree. Like, any football player knows you need to have that buddy's back no matter what. And when you don't trust the guy that you're blocking for or that you're catching from, shit goes haywire. No, it's 100%. All second. So 100%. I think the best long-term solution is get rid of Rodgers, clean house, contend in two or three years again because they have the talent to do so. I would agree. I think if you want to keep him in-house, there's two options. You There's two avenues you can take, right? Obviously, there's a certain dollar amount that's going to get him to just shut up and play football, right? And that's what he wants. He wants to know that for the next five to six years, I would assume, this money is secured. It's guaranteed. It's there. He's going to get paid. He's the guy. Right. But then if you look at all of the quarterbacks across the league that are making the playoffs right now, none of them are the top paid quarterbacks. Exactly. Like the first year that they did all the guaranteed money with Kirk and then all those other deals run it ran in, none of the top 10 quarterbacks made the playoffs. So if you're Aaron Rodgers, then as a fan, you know, if Aaron Rodgers takes that money as a fan, do you sit back and go, 
okay, well now you're just being selfish, right? Now you are the reason. Now you really are the reason we're not winning. Or you go out and get him a weapon, which is going to lead us right into our next topic here. There are weapons that have said that they want out. And if you're the Packers and you want to remedy this issue, this should have, like, I know we got that post June one date or whatever for Memorial Day. It should have happened at midnight, right? If you have the ability to go out and make the Julio Jones thing work, make that work. Allen Robinson is available and out there and has said he wants out of Chicago. Is that going to stay the same because Justin Fields is there now? Who knows? So what do you see as the most realistic thing happening like this summer with Rodgers? I think he plays. For who? Green Bay. Okay. I don't think there's much of it. Like as much as we want to say, hey, where there's smoke, there's fire. There's definitely fire here. This has happened year in and year out now. And it's because of Rodgers' attitude. Right. But I think the Packers actually find themselves, and I heard somebody say this yesterday. I wish I could give them credit, but I don't remember who it is. The Packers are in a very similar situation to what the Vikings are in right now. Quarterback holds all the chips. If you want to win, that guy's got to be there. But that guy also has a contract that's expiring and needs to continue to prove that he can play if he wants to get traded. Right. right? So I think Aaron's going to have to play. And I think this is the next offseason issue. I think this rolls all the way through. He probably doesn't show up till two or three weeks before uh, opener. Yeah. So he shows up in shape. He plays. And if we get pouty Aaron Rodgers, like when he wanted Mike McCarthy fired, you know Aaron's the problem and no team's going to want him. Right. Right? Or he shows up and he plays well and competes for another MVP like he did last year because he is the most talented ball thrower minus Patrick Mahomes in the NFL right now. And you can trade him for whatever value you want. So if I was a betting man, I would bet very little that he actually ends up in a Broncos uniform by week one. Yeah, there were rumors out there that like he was playing golf. 49 Yeah, so there's some shit out there that... There's some behind-the-scenes stuff going on with Denver. Yeah. Um, so I would not be surprised to see him in a Denver uniform by week one. However, it's kind of a 51-49 thing. So I think the odds are he's technically in Denver, but I wouldn't be too shocked if he's still in Green Bay by the fall. Yeah. And as did. a Vikings fan, I almost want him to still be in Green Bay. Yeah, cause because when the, I think it's going to sour everybody else around him. When the Packers suck, we love that. That's exactly. Hey, facts for the show, right? If you're a Packers fan, you can yell at me all you want. But when you suck, my life gets incrementally better. There's two more Sundays throughout the course of the year where I don't have to stress. NFL Sunday, the Minnesota Vikings and whoever's playing the Packers. Damn straight. Damn straight. Now, the next thing that we can move on to then is, I suppose, a guy that you could bring in as a weapon to absolutely more than just solve this issue with Aaron Rodgers, which is Julio freaking Jones. Like the monster of wide receiver. He's more respected in the league from everything that we've heard by cornerbacks and wide receivers than anyone else. Right. Right. He's dominant. He's consistent. He's a big body receiver. You figure he'd work in any system. And now we know he wants out of Atlanta, right? The initial thought process was, you know, do they need to trade him in order to create cap space to pay the rookies? Well, no, he asked for a trade and the Falcons are doing the right thing. They're just like, okay, we want to try to accommodate you. You want to go win. Let's try to find a good suitor. It's the one thing they've done right. Right. So my first question is, what do you think his trade value is? I don't think it's as high as you think. I know that. I know you think it's much higher than I think so. Like, I'm I'm shocked they're actually getting first-round offers for him. What? To be honest, I am shocked. Michael. Just saying. Okay. If if he goes to, I mean, if in, everybody says there's going to be a one out there. Is it a future one? If you can get a next year, I would one? say maybe a future one, if but you not get a, uh, this coming draft one. If it's this year and I'm the Packers and I call Atlanta and I go, hey, 
I have a quarterback problem. I do have the cap space to make this work. I will give you a second, a third next year, and Lazard, you give me Julio. I feel like Jordan Love would have to be in that deal. Right, because then he becomes the successor for, yeah. for and it would Matt Ryan. help appease Rodgers' sensitivities. Right, so I think like that's an option. But there are so many teams in the NFL that need him, and somebody's going to get him for a ridiculously low price, and there are going to be 29 other teams that go, oh, God damn it. That's exactly what's going to happen. So all the all the teams that you saw up on the image, right? Every team in the NFL should be. Yeah, we, they I should. I disagree, though. Like, there's He's 33 years old. If you already have weapons at the receiver position, so like the Vikings. The Vikings have no reason to go out and get Julio. Wrong. They already have, how, how am I wrong? Wrong. We have Okay, so we have $14.2 million in cap space available now that Kyle Rudolph has come off the books, right? Okay. Julio's contract this year is only worth 15. So you ask him to renegotiate some of that money into next year. Do you know because of his guaranteed money what he's worth next year and then a year after I that? Don't. 11.2. So you're going to get a 90 reception, 1,200 yard, eight touchdown per year guy. I just don't see those million dollars. same when you have Thielen and Jefferson as well. The production wouldn't remain the Look same. Look at Tampa. Look at Kansas NFL City. Teams. Look at Tampa. Look at Kansas City. Look at the way the Chargers have tooled up. Look at uh, the Browns. Look at if you're not a team that doesn't have speed on Look, the outside. The Browns are a perfect weapons, example. Look at the production of, that fell off from Jarvis Landry and Odell when they started playing together instead of being the, the one at their spots. That's not even an accurate comparison because neither one of them have, have played consistently enough in Stefanski's system to know if that was a, if those well, numbers Stefanski's were Stefanski's system doesn't fit them either because he's a run first. Which is why they have Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Regardless, so I wanted to go through real quick with you and I just wanted to get your thoughts because I think there are some teams and if you put that uh, graphic back up, you can see who they are that have very valid reasons that can't afford him. Yes, there are two teams on that graphic that have valid reasons that I could, like, th that's, those, there's two teams up there that Julio should actually be considering. The other three are incorrect, in my opinion. Okay, so I'm going to start with the one that I think that he needs to go to the worst, which is going to be the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, a couple of, of the two. couple of reasons why. You can make it work cap-wise. You just have to shift the money because they'll have the cap space that's this year or next year, but this year it's just really tight. You'd probably have to get rid of, like, a third-string guard like some some depth players, maybe one of your lesser wide receivers to make the money work. Right. But then you get Julio. The reason why that makes sense is a couple of reasons. One, he goes from one dirty bird team to the other. Gotta love that. He, feel, he feels like he fits that system. He's a big physical receiver, and everybody has said that Lamar needs a true number one weapon so you can figure out whether or not you want to pay him, right? He's got this year left on his rookie contract, and then I think one more on a team option. That Otherwise, they've got to resign right him. So in reality, if you wanted to do rookie deal, rookie deal on a franchise tag, which is the three years left that Julio has left on his contract, you're going to get three consistent years of can Lamar get the job done throwing the football. Change the narrative. Take pressure off Sammy Watkins. You're going to open up the field for Hollywood Brown to move around in the slot. You're going to do things. And then you go, okay, uh, Lamar is worth it. Okay, you can find out in year one or two and you can pay him or you can wait till year three, and if it doesn't work, you can trade Lamar to a guy, to a system where you think it can work. He's got an MVP trophy. He's going to have high trade value. So if if you're Harbaugh and you're not, I would dial the Falcons' phone until they blocked my phone number if I was the Ravens. See, I agree that the Ravens are a great suitor and a great prospect for him, but for different reasons. So I think Lamar has proven himself. Um, as long as Lamar stays healthy and can run the way that he can run, 
like barring a severe knee injury or something like that, that would mm-hmm. slow his his running game down. Um, I think he's proven that he can be effective in the NFL as a running quarterback. Yep. He can throw well enough. Um, what he needs they, to improve. He, he needs to improve, but what they really need to get over that hump is to get pressure off of that extremely effective run game. When you're facing eight-man boxes, I mean, it's going to be tough for Lamar to throw just because he's under that severe pressure as well. Defenses bring yeah. pressure like crazy because they have to suffocate the run game of the Ravens because it is so effective. If you put a Julio outside, if you put eight men in the box, we're just going to throw a jump ball to Julio, and my grandmother could do that. So it doesn't matter whether it's Lamar or Jeff Driscoll <laughs> dropping back for the Baltimore Ravens. If you have Julio Jones outside, it's going to take pressure off your extremely effective run game. True. True. And I don't think it has anything to do with whether or not Lamar has proven himself or if he's going to be the quarterback of of the future for the Ravens. If he's not, the Ravens are already fucking up. Well, I don't think they know, right? Because you got to look at the RG3 experiment one, and then we'll kind of move on Again, to this, into this other team. injury, you, slow down. Right, you got to look at the RG3 thing. experiment, and then you also got to go, what other young quarterbacks got paid early and were garbage after they got paid? It just happened to Goff. Mm-hmm. It just happened to Carson Wentz. We have no idea what Dak Prescott's going to be like now that he's been paid. So I think they're starting to become this narrative of, is I'm not going to pay you until you can prove it, right? And you have to do that if you're Baltimore. They went through a situation where they paid Joe Flacco, and Joe Flacco spent the next six years sleeping on his face instead of going to practice. So you're saying, so, though, it doesn't it doesn't matter how much they prove themselves in years one through three. It's that contract year that they have to prove it. Because I feel like Lamar has done and he, he is the reason Baltimore has been elevated. Yeah. Am I wrong? No, you're completely Okay, right. so he's proven himself. Done deal. He's a runner, so you have to be more cautious. And that's as long as he doesn't get hurt statement. and can yeah. run, right. you're good. Right. Okay. So let's move on to the next one. Then you've got the Colts, right? This is another one of those scenarios. The guy was paid early. Now he's in a new city. TY is aging. Back with Frank Reich. Back with Frank Reich, which is awesome because he almost won an MVP before he broke his back. Right. Right. But then you've got an aging TY Hilton you can roll off of, which he's really productive. Okay. Pittman is growing and is a big physical receiver, just like Julio. It's a perfect guy to, to learn right. from. Pittman you can afford Julio it. One and two would be dangerous. Your offensive line is legitimate. You've got two really good running. Like, if you want to make a run right now, and with some of the stuff that's going on in that division, you could blow the doors off everybody like the Colts of old, right? You go out and you make that move. That yeah. opens up it's that a race offense. to 50. I mean, their defense isn't horrible, but it would be a race to 50 type offense. Right. The only concern is I know that they got to do uh, that middle linebacker Leonard yep. and he's looking for top Buku tier bucks. money. Yep. Right. I mean, and he deserves it. Rightfully so. One yep. of the best tackling linebacker, like just he ball flies. hunting linebackers in yep. the league. Then you've got the Titans. He fits that scheme. Big Frank Vogel would eat that up. A big physical guy like Julio Jones to go alongside AJ Brown. You've got Derek Henry. They lost a target in Delaney Walker, who's been gone for two years now, but he broke his leg partway through one season and then sat out due to COVID. But that kind of gives Tannehill a weapon back. You're not re- they're in win now mode right now, anyways. I mean, it's the same argument that I made for the Ravens, right? An extremely effective run game. Yeah. And AJ Brown does a decent job of taking pressure off of that run game. But if yep. you have AJ Brown and Julio, you can't stack the box. You, you have can't. you like maximum seven in the box. And, and winners, Henry will just eat that up. Tannehill's the best when he's on the move, right? So then you have something where you run that you run those pay action those play action plays. And if for three years all you're asking Julio to do is the old Randy Moss Tom Brady connection, I want you to run either a dig, a post, a go, or a comeback. That's all I need you to run on play action. Tannehill's gonna be on the move. They're gonna have a lot of focus on Derrick Henry. It's gonna leave somebody open. So the Titans make sense. The Niners, obviously, reconnecting him with Kyle Shanahan would make sense, right? 
And then you've also got, then if you bring Julio in, because I know they're in a little bit of cap trouble, do you then feel comfortable enough with the weapons that you have where you can go out, trade Jimmy G, start Trey Lance like you want, and he's got a security blanket wide receiver that is a proven number one dude to go along, guys. So if you're Kittle, Julio Jones, though, you're really going to go to a team with, that's going to start a rookie quarterback. They uh, Atlanta was in talks to draft one of these athletic quarterbacks. I'm sure Julio has watched some of the tape. But but you're telling me you're 33 year old Julio Jones who wants to win a ring, and yeah. you're really considering the 49ers who, if basically you went there, Jimmy G is probably up. Yes, but I think the tipping point is more the fact that Shanahan is the coach, and when Shanahan was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta, Julio had his best seasons. That's where he caught 136 balls. Right. Right. So, and then last but not least, and for the love of God, don't let this happen. Bill Belichick, stealing him, putting him in New England with all of the weapons that he spent. I have a feeling that Bill Belichick is very much on the path of like a uh, a spite Super Bowl for Tom Brady now that Tom's got one and he doesn't. Go out, get him, play him with Cam, who you're paying nothing for. Or you can play him with Mac Jones, who's used to having real great talent out on the edge. And Time yeah, Did you see Mac Jones' number in Cam? 50. Yeah. Just had to, He's a scrub. That was interesting. He's a scrub. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk about this in, in another segment, but there are three schools you should never draft quarterbacks from, right? Yep. One of them is Alabama. Ohio State. Ohio State and USC. There you go. Right? They play with the best guys in college, and then they get to the pros, and they're like, oh, wow, I really was yeah, elevated my, my by everybody. My receiver's not open by three yards. What do I do? Yeah. Oh, no. I don't know. Look at two of the way Tua struggles. You know what I mean? Right. Which is but why no, I'm glad the, the, the two teams, if, I'm, if I am Julio Jones right now, the best two teams to go to are the Ravens or Titans, in my opinion. They're both run-heavy teams. Say, they're gonna they're gonna accommodate him. But I, he doesn't I understand. Have to say. That. I'm just saying, like those are the two teams that I'm hoping for. So who does he play for in 2021? <sighs> probably the Ravens. Probably the Ravens. I would if say they, probably the Ravens. If they get the Ravens, if he goes to the Ravens, the Ravens, they're <gasps> one of the favorites in the NFC by far. Well, that's your chance, right? You're in a, you got a three year winning window. Yeah. Right. That that's pretty much what it turns over to. And you got to think this year's just going to be a wild year for football in general. Watson seems to be getting clear of some of this stuff, and he wants out. Yep. Russ is happy in Seattle for now. Who knows if that's going to continue? That'll change week three. Yeah, week three when they're running the ball ninety times and he's thrown it four times. They treat him like Jimmy Garoppolo for well, a guy that, that or he's thrown it sixty times and on, it's on the run because he has no line. Exactly, which they did not address. Right. Go figure. Um, and so there's just there's still more things to come. Like Baker hasn't been resigned. Lamar hasn't been resigned. Like Jimmy G's possibly going to be on the move. You know what I'm looking forward to what? the most in the NFL season this year what? is fans are back week one. Oh, I love that. Actually, there's one st- one stadium that has not allowed full the Indianapolis Colts. I was listening to this yesterday. They're the only team that doesn't have uh, clearance to do full really? stadiums. The only one. Minnesota's I mean, got it, so that's probably the only thing we've done right during the entire pandemic. I'll right. get yelled at for that online, but oh well. So yeah. Different topic for a different day. I mean, we can stay on the topic of fans if you'd like. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, Mike would like to uh, address the public about some uh, recent activities that have been occurring in sports stadiums since we have all come back out of our COVID comatose, I guess. So the first thing that I have to do is ask fans pretty much all around, what the fuck is wrong with you people? (laughs) What... Like, I have to give a little credit. I've heard other sports talk, you know, and podcasts, and I think it was on Sports Center as well. They addressed this. What 
What do you as a fan think that you deserve for a $100 ticket to a game? Are you asking me? Sure. I'm asking anybody because the behavior that we've seen, especially lately out of fans, is despicable. <laughs> like, it's... It's so bad. If, if I was for a good player, television. I would want to go back to the COVID shit. Like, go back to your... Behind oh, your TV. Like, I'm not going to get popcorn thrown on me. I'm not going to get water bottles. There's not going to be fighting in the stands. Like, this is ridiculous. These are grown-ass people acting like children at professional sporting events. I agree. Please let us know what you feel like you deserve when you buy a ticket. Not that tickets aren't outrageously overpriced, and I think that may have something to do with it. Unless you're a Twins fan, by the way. Those are $17 because they They suck. They're giving them away. Um, But if I go, I feel like I have the ability to yell whatever the hell I want from my seat. So I disagree with that. I think that there's... So, yeah, well, we might as well just kind of start it. So I don't think that you can yell whatever the fuck that you want. I think that it has to pertain to the sporting. So let me ask you this. So if you went online, let's say you're at U.S. Bank watching Packers Vikings. Yeah. And you're screaming at Rodgers about Shailene Woodley. Oh, I'm about it. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I feel like that crosses that line. I don't think that you should necessarily get kicked out of the game for it. I I think think personally, I think that that's like classless of a fan to do. True. Fan is derived from the ta- the term fanatic, so they're always going to be a little crazy, right? Like, that's kind of how I've always seen it. Also, I think it differs by sport, right? Sure, I would Football, agree you're, ten, you're 10 feet elevated from the field. Ron Artest isn't going to run up into the stands and, you know, push your fade back for talking some shit. You know what I mean? That's football. Right. Basketball, you're sitting on top of these athletes. You do have to be, like, super respectful when you go to that sport because that's a professional athlete. I don't care how tough you think you are. I don't care how much you lift in your free time. I don't care how many three pointers you can hit. If you're if you dump popcorn on Westbrook and he jumps up four flights of steps to choke slam you and the guards can't get him, that's on you. So for those of you who haven't seen the fan dumping corn on or the popcorn on Russ, um, maybe we can pull that up here. Just for those of you who haven't yet seen that, um, the. The whole thing goes back to if you're going to be a fan of a team, be a fan of that team. Yeah. It doesn't have to be anything against. So here's the clip. Westbrook was injured leaving the game. This is a playoff game. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, they're. Yeah, this is all this stuff that happened in the NBA, by the way. First round of the playoffs. Playoffs. And it's all NBA besides the Rockies clip. But, you know. But I mean, you can go back in time too. Like, Philadelphia Eagles fans throwing snowballs at Santa. That's different. Santa's not a player. Well, still, though, like it's just disrespect from fans. Right. And so, by the way, thank God the event staff is there, or else we have another Ron Artest situation. Thank God all nine of that event staff right. are there. Like, can we talk about that for a minute? Russ would have had free reign to get back up into the stands had all of those people not been standing there. Trey Young got, if, if we've got that clip, we can run that one next. Trey Young got spit on yep. during the Knicks series. Like, it's- it's pure disrespect. Like it's these people don't remember the values that they were taught as children. Like, would you want your kid to see you acting that way? No, ever, ever. No. Never, and, ever. and honestly, if fans continue to act this way, I have a six month old daughter at home. I'm, I'm feeling a certain type of way about bringing her to a professional sporting event. If this is the way that grown people are going to act. That's true. I will also argue that maybe certain sections of sporting events aren't for children, right? If you're going to sit down near the court or down near the field, it's a guy in this blue, it's the guy in this black jersey that leans forward right here, and you can't even really see it on the video. But you can see he obviously feels it, and the lady behind him is like, oh, I just got fucking spit on. You know what I mean? So, like, he gets spit on. Then you've got, can we run the Rockies clip? 
because I think that uh, I haven't even seen this one yet. No. Oh, Mike, you're gonna love this. This was like three days after opener. Okay. When they started letting people back into baseball parks, right? So this is a Padres Rockies game. Looks I believe like at Colorado. Colorado. Boom. Oh, dude's shit. out. You went out, limp, bud. Out. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what this I've guy seen, was thinking. I've was seen, I have seen less painful knockouts in the UFC, by the way. Definitely. But don't do Dude, this. This guy went. Don't do. Look, done. he sent his glasses two rows back. Like, but don't. It's, I'm not encouraging this. It is kind well, of funny to watch on this side, right? But don't do that. No, don't. You can't. There are certain things that you're good to do. If you buy a ticket to a sporting event, sit in your seat, y'all, like yell, holler, drink beer. Talk shit with your friends. Don't talk shit to opposing fans three sections down because you don't know at this day and age what anybody is capable of, right? right? But the, I feel like that's what you purchased. You purchased, it is entertainment on some level. You purchased the the idea of rooting on your team in person. You didn't purchase belittling and assaulting or throwing popcorn <laughs> on the others, the opponent. That's not what you purchased. You I agree. purchased the opportunity to root for your team. Yeah. No, that's very true. That's very, very true. I just, I don't know. It, here's what I'll say. Live, like, the the whole watch-your-own-bobber thing, that's kind of where I'm at with it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, be in control of your controllables, even if someone else is irritating you, or if LeBron hangs 50 on your team and you get eliminated from the playoffs, the minute that you decide to take action not as a fan but as an individual disrespecting another individual, then it can get handled like individuals handle situations. However, that may be, that is what you have opened yourself into when you walk through that door into what would be a proverbial buzzsaw with professional athletes. So let me ask you this. I'm sure you saw Kyrie stepping on the Boston logo. Yeah. Do you think that would have happened had the disrespect not come first from Boston, like the fans? See, I go back even further than that. Was it not disrespectful of Boston for the way that they treated Kyrie when he was there and upon his exit, right? Go. So there's an entire story to be told around the disrespect thing. And even still, if he goes out and stomps on your logo or T.O. goes out and does the cowboy thing, you know, when he was with the Niners out in the middle of the logo or mm -hmm. Steve Smith does the rowboat thing after the Vikings boating situation. Or Sean Payton doing the skull chant. The, the skull chant that bit him in the ass, which I loved. Yep. But- when that happens, that's between that player and that other organization. Right. It has nothing to do with you personally as a fan. Like, and if you feel personally offended, like, you got to take a look at the mirror because it has nothing to do with you 100%. as Bob Sanderson from White Bear Lake. It's like, dude, it, it has nothing to do sorry, with you. Bob. Yeah, sorry, Bob, if you're out there. Um, it's, it's a different conversation. It's a different topic. It's between Kyrie and Boston, like you said. Right, 100%. 100%. And... and and I, I feel like the people that do this are always like, yeah, we made it to the Super Bowl. You did shit. You did not do a damn thing. You sat on your couch and watched them from 12 to 3 every Sunday. That's all you did. Yeah, we appreciate your support, and they're always going to give you credit because that's like the cliche thing to do. But you are not a part of this franchise unless you're a Packers owner. Right. Which, I mean, then, I, just because I don't like the Packers, feel free to throw as much popcorn and hot dogs and beer on Aaron Rodgers as you'd like. But hey, the one video that sticks out when I think of the Packers is that little kid just licking up on the stone banister thing that they have yep yep 100 so yeah just just live in control of who you are and and what and please let us know we want to know i've never known that why steve smith did the rowboat yeah 
It was right after the the scandal. Yep. And we played him and he scored and he sat down in the end zone and he was yep. doing this thing. I thought that was hysterical. I remember that vaguely as a kid. I because even, we had a scandal on, what was it, Lake Minnetonka? Something like yep. that. Yep. We were doing something we shouldn't have. As Back a team. in the old Mike Tice days. Mike Tice. Jesus. Yeah. But I want to know what you guys think. What does a ticket to a sporting event get you? Um, does it get you permission to trash talk with no holes barred? Does it get you permission to... Throw paper airplanes on the baseball fields. We see no, that all the fucking time. Um, what does it get you? Where does where do you draw the line? Because I feel like we would all agree that there's a line somewhere as far as unacceptable fan behavior. Yeah. Right? Like you would think that there's something that becomes unacceptable as a fan. Yeah. Um, I want to know what our listeners think where that line is. Yeah. I, no, I agree. I would love to hear what everybody's thoughts are. And maybe we'll, if somebody sends back something funny or actually insightful, we'll get it up on the next show. We can follow back up with this topic. Obviously, if you guys want to write in, let us know on any of the social platforms or just comment on live. I, I, I agree. I think we need to start to figure out a society, how to be a public society again. Right. Right. It was totally acceptable for you to throw your water bottle at your TV screen during COVID. Right. Or your popcorn. Yeah. But honestly, I, th I personally think that if this continues to go down this road, we're going to start seeing plexiglass around the courts or fields or something i think you're protecting the players i think there's if if the nba looks at everything that has happened over the last two years even with fans right and they're not considering pushing those court level seats back then i think you're they're gonna have an issue with the nba players union because they have to protect players that is and gus right, tanning oil loved it oh wow well i mean no, no, there. If uh, whatever floats your boat, yeah, I, guess. I guess that's not. Uh, that's all you. That's that's not crossing a line in my. In my yeah, boat, no. So. If you want, and I'll get it on video for you. If you want to chug, I mean, that's some like. I don't know if that quite qualifies. That was probably room. a Packer fan. Let's be honest. Yeah, I would have to, or a Jaguars fan, because there's or nothing better to do yeah. prior to Trevor Lawrence being drafted down yeah. in Jacksonville. So, are we ready for our big show headline topic of the day, or well, first thing to add about the fan? frenzy shit that's been going on i mean we can curb the fan frenzy thing for now but i do want to let people know that eventually this is going to be a very professional production right like we're going to have a following there are people that are going to want to watch this so if any of you out there have something or run a business or own a bar or a pizza place or whatever this would be right about the time where i would read some exciting ass ad for you right if you want to hang something up in the background send us something if you would like us to come out and do our live show from your location we can do that too we can so, like, my my reading skills may not be the best. Mike has the majority of the brain, so he might be the one that reads it. I mean, you read all right. You just don't spell all right. It's so as long as you spell it and know what the hell that word is. I need to speak good. the English language at this point. Right. Writing it is not a concern for me. Touche. Right? So, I'm cool with it. Like, this is where I can let you know that if you've got, you know, stuff to shave your balls with. Like, I see a lot of manscaping. If you've got an alcohol beverage you want to sell, awesome. We'll get drunk on the show using it and show everybody how good a time it can create. Like, I really don't care. Um, but this is where your ad would go. Like, right in here so in the middle of all these space. amazing in the space. middle of these amazing segments. Right so here. if you've got something, reach out to us, let us know. We'd love to be about it. Um, but outside of that, what we can actually move into is our glass half topic of the day. It's going to be a segment that we are going to run pretty consistently on Thursdays towards the end of the show. We'll take one of the biggest topics in sports media and we are going to decide where's the air, right? So is it glass half full, which means, Hey, positive outlook or glass half empty. And so you guys can all get to know us a little bit better. What we're going to go through today is 
the Minnesota sports teams. So we're the, the big four. So we're going to go Timberwolves, Wild, Twins, and end with the Vikings. Uh, Nick and I are both football primary, I would say. Yeah. So we're going to end with the Vikings and kind of cap off the show that way. Yeah, and we don't have a coin because we're... Got a water bottle top? Not prepared. Yeah, Mike can flip a water bottle top if he likes. Oh, shit, you're going to put me on it. This is great production value. So the way that this works is we're going to pick a team, and this is how it'll work every week. And this is just also to keep me and Mike's brains nice and flexible. Obviously, we're going to have set opinions on specific teams, but you'll flip it. If you get heads, you have to talk about the positive side of things. If you get the negative, feel free to rip in to whoever you want to um, for glass half empty. And which sports team would you like to start with? How about you flip for the Timberwolves and go first? Fair. And then enough. I will take the rebuttal, whichever they... That so what you want. Heads? Tails? That makes sense to me. This is great production value, folks. I'm using yeah, a water so bottle have, top. Yeah. That's tails. Ah, I love that. I Thank absolutely have, love have that. Timberwolves. All right. So here's my thought on the Minnesota Timberwolves. I didn't agree with the way that they handled everything up until pretty much... Carl Anthony Towns, and then they wasted a bunch of time, much like they did at the beginning of Kevin Love's career. They did it at the beginning of Al Jefferson's career. They did it at the beginning of Kevin Garnett's career, where we've got this amazing center player, range, can lead a team, does whatever they need to, and they waste his rookie contract. They may get a second deal, and then he's out the door to some other team, right? So that's kind of what I see. What is it, Glenn? Taylor that owns the team? Slash Aaron Rodriguez here. Well, so, and that's an interesting thing. So if you don't know, the Timberwolves were recently sold to Aaron or Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez and, and Mark Laurie. Is that right? Yeah. Some former CEO or CFO of Walmart, which some is ironic because guy. it's the target center. Yeah. Um, but either way, he, they don't take control for two more years. Correct. He has complete control of the team. He's the guy that I think is holding us back. Okay. I really do at the, at the, at this point in time. Like I understand Anthony Edwards, great draft pick. You want to put asses in seats. You want to win like now and be in the playoffs and take advantage of what prime you have left of Carl Anthony Towns or D'Angelo Russell. You should have taken Lamelo Ball. I okay. I'll let you, I'll let you, you have should have taken. I don't. I don't think like, he's a bad you can waste player. It with weird fucking takes, but go ahead. Anyway, you can tell Mike how wrong he is. We eventually will probably install a wrong-o-meter where you guys oh, can just go ahead and... Whatever, dude. Um, but for, for the Wolves, right, you got to look at it. Okay, so your starting five right now is Carl Anthony Town, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards. Who's our point? Who's our two? Who plays the two? I mean, you got to remember that we had some injuries down the stretch as well. I, I, so I, I we didn't have yeah. Beasley. Yeah, it would have been nice to have him. Jarrett Culliver is obviously coming along too. Right. Like, I, it's not all bad. But we've been in this situation before. Latrell Sprewell, Sam Cassell, Wally Zerbiak, Mark Mad Dog Madsen, and um, Kevin Garnett. Mm -hmm. He also had Stefan Marbury at one point. We also drafted Chauncey Billups. We passed on uh, Steph Curry. Steph Curry, that's a different... He, okay, he didn't and, want to come here. So We kind of got forced into Johnny Flynn. But. Regardless, my point being is, as a franchise, good decisions haven't been made. So what confidence should I have in the Timberwolves that moving forward, positive decisions are going to be made? I have none. Alex Rodriguez does not know basketball. Anthony Edwards didn't even know who he was. So that's not a great start. I mean, it's just a generation gap. True. And Anthony Edwards isn't exactly a baseball fan. <laughs> True. I mean, I feel like he sits around and uses a lot of vitamins in his free time. So there's basketball. the Timberwolves roster, right? So you don't see that as being a glass half full type 
roster. This team does not make the playoffs next year. That's not going to be the same team next year. Well, first of all, let's let's look at what they did down the stretch as Anthony Edwards truly got. So let's not forget they switched their head coach. Yep. What 45, 50 games into the season. Also disagreed with that just because it was it was. I, I mean, I love Ryan Saunders, right. but he's not an NBA head coach. Yeah, he's a great NBA assistant for maybe the next five years. He'll wind up somewhere and win a championship. The, re- like the only reason he was the head coach here was because of his last name. Mm-hmm. So, are you done with your? Half, yeah, no, half I, empty take. I will. I will finish by saying, yeah, the air is definitely more towards the, uh, you know, the top of the glass. This is only a glass half full. It, it just, I don't. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm not even confident that you're going to be able to retain Carl Anthony Towns in our winning window. So I, I. So the reason that it is half full is because of how we finished the year under Chris Finch. So you saw the development of Anthony Edwards, and he is the rookie of the year for the NBA, in my opinion. Like, by far. False. Look at the scoring that this man was putting up towards the end of the year. Like, I think he had, I want to say, 14 or 15 30-plus point games. Great. As a rookie. Then you have D'Lo as well, Cat. We finished, I think, fifth or sixth in the NBA, like, from worst. Mm -hmm. So we may get that top three pick. We kind of fucked ourselves for being as successful as we were down the stretch. Thank you for continuing to make my point. Non-wise decisions continue to be made by the Minnesota Timberwolves. But here's the thing. When you have that young of a roster, you can't push losing. You have to push a winning culture and understanding. Look at the Sixers. The Sixers that are in the process for 10 years and still aren't winning championships. I'm just saying. There is a theory there to do it, and you have to commit to one or the other. Either you are trying to win a championship, or you are tanking to reset and win a championship. You'll hear me say this about the Vikings. You'll hear me say it about the Cowboys. You'll hear me say it about every middle-of-the-road team. 500 gets you more 500. You draft 500 players. I mean, they weren't, they weren't even close. They were, their winning percentage was 319, though. So they're, they're towards, they, they have a chance at getting that top three pick. If So if you guys don't know, if they do not get a top three pick in the lottery, our pick goes to... Golden State because of the Andrew Wiggins trade. Yep. So that would suck if we got like fourth and then we don't have that first round pick. Hmm. But if we do, if we get a top three pick and get any of the guys that are coming out, Suggs, Cunningham, any of those top three, this team is a playoff team next year. Okay. Wait a minute. You're telling me that you would draft Cade Cunningham, which is the Walmart LaMelo ball, and you didn't want LaMelo ball in this year's draft? I would rather have Anthony Edwards. I'm going to throw you across this table. No, you're not. No, well, they, let me know what you think. Cunningham can shoot think. much better than Lamelo Ball. Plus, no, I don't, shoot, want, I don't no. want the drama of the Ball family in Minnesota. Either. Has there been any drama in Charlotte? Not that we know of. Yeah, I don't want Lamelo is his own entity. Like I don't know. I disagree. I think Big Baller brand follows him around. All right, so you guys can let us know in the comments. It's Go half ahead full because in. they're youthful and they were winning games towards towards the end of the season. Uh, they're just going to get better. We have Ricky Ricky Rubio. <laughs> yeah, that's. That was a guy, by the way, that we also took in the first round. That was a point guard. And how'd that pan out? He left and then came back and nobody knows he's here. Like this isn't, it's, it's, it's a franchise thing. We, we don't do. And by the way, Suggs and Cade Cunningham are both point guards. Every single franchise has a position that they don't do well. And it's point guards for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Phillips, Mulberry. Didn't draft Steph, passed on Ty Lawson. Like we've Ricky Rubio didn't pan out. The point guard position for we passed on LaMelo Ball now. Point guard, we don't do point guards. New England doesn't do wide receivers for football. That's great. I mean, I think the backcourt 
in general, I think our backcourt is going to be ridiculous this next year. You have to look at the difference of the front staff, front office staff that we brought in. Rosas in, was from Houston. They had James Harden. He went and got James Harden because he understands that a, a firepower in the backcourt is extremely yeah. necessary to win in the NBA today. So if you pair up D'Lo, again, remember that Malik Beasley was hurt pretty much all year. Um, I don't know, man. I'm telling you. I think that especially if we get a top three pick, this Timberwolves team is in the playoffs next year. I'll write that down. Somebody clip this so we can go back a year from now. If we get the top three pick. 15 games below 500 again. No, not happening. Either right, way. move on. Either What's way, let's, let's move on to the next one. So let's go uh, Minnesota Wild next. All right. Flip it up. Jeez. Half full. Lucky you. Sweet. That's easy. Again, an extremely youthful team winning games that they weren't even supposed to win. The Wild weren't even pushing for the playoffs this year. Ended with, I believe, the three seed. Does yeah. that sound right? The three seed. Um, and neither team, by the way, I will point out, wanted to play Minnesota. It was a it was a very widely known story that both Colorado, uh, the Avalanche, nor the Vegas Knights wanted Minnesota in the first round. Right. And honestly, I watched... Too little wild hockey during the regular season mm-hmm. to have probably a great opinion on this team, but I did try to watch a lot of that series with Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing with the Vegas series that I noticed is we just do not play with that chip on our shoulder that we need to, and I think that that comes with experience. You get kicked out of the playoffs two, three, four years in a row, you're going to come with a chip on your shoulder, and you're not going to get thrown around in the corner you know, like Vegas was throwing us around. They had the experience yeah. and that chip on their shoulder that we just did not have yet. Um, I think... Kaprizov got used to playoff hockey because it is a completely different animal. Totally different game. And we're too youthful to understand that just yet. I think that the the future is extremely bright at the XL Energy Center. Um, I, I look forward to seeing this team make deep playoff runs in the years to come. But it needs to start right now. It, I mean, they made the playoffs this year in a rebuilding year that they weren't even supposed to make the playoffs in. Right, but here's what I'm going to tell Very similar. Since I've got the glass half empty, go ahead. You can go ahead and look at the majority of the Minnesota Wild and where the money is put right now. The money is invested in old and slow, right? And and the coach recognizes that and didn't even play Parisi about the first four games, even though he should have been in, right? Like when he was in, they played better. So once again, now I'm going to throw into question: Does the coach know what the fuck he's doing? The games that we won, he played and he played his ass off, right? But. the Wild are going to make a run at this thing. It needs to start right now. Like, your aspirations to win need to start with, can we get to a Stanley Cup next year? Right? I don't want middle of the road. I don't want... Find a way. I don't know how you make it work. I'm not super confident in, like, the cap and how everything works trading with hockey. I'm not a huge hockey fan. I will follow the Minnesota Wild. Um, and this is probably the first time I've done so since, like, Marion Gabrick and Roly the goalie. Like. Right. In all honesty, but if you don't go out and get him a secondary app like sniper goal scorer, and then you go out and you shore up that defense to protect Kaprizov the same way that the Capitals did with Ovechkin for years and what Malkin was for Sidney Crosby, or I, I believe that was, or was it Chara or whoever right. it was? Yeah. Like he had some size on that back line that let them know that he wasn't going to be messed with. That stuff needs to happen now. Suter and Parisi need to be gone. And if you have to leverage them for draft capital to continue to keep this team young because you know you're going to have to go out and pay somebody, you do it, but you do it right now. There are two things the Wild are missing, in my opinion, to put them over the hump, and that's a goon. Yep. 
an enforcer, uh, whether that be a defenseman or someone. Um, again, in that Vegas series, like if we had Derek Bugard in that series, I think that series plays out completely differently because Vegas isn't able to bully us up and down the ice for seven games. I think if Vegas has their number one guy, we get swept. You saw how difficult what and that's what are, who are you talking about? Patrick? Yeah. Okay. Right. So Patrick came back and we got smoke checked. We got whooped, right? Yeah. But that's the difference one legitimate goal sco- scorer can make. Well, the second thing that the Wild need is a true face-off center. Yeah. I think our face-off as a team percentage was in like the Who is it? Sinek who was doing it for us this year? Honestly, the guy that I would love to see step up and play the way that I know he can play is a kid that I've actually known since high school, and that's Nick Bukestead. Okay. Um, I saw him as a junior dominate the state of Minnesota uh, for Blaine, and then as when he's supposed to be a senior in high school, lead the University of Minnesota Gophers in goals. Like, this kid is dominant. I think part of it is just a little bit of confidence. He hasn't mm-hmm. been able to truly blossom in the NHL the way that everybody kind of thought he would. However, he's still only 27, maybe 28, um, but he's still got a lot of legs left in him. And I think if he can truly have a really good offseason and come back as maybe a good center for us, especially in faceoffs, because our faceoffs were horrible all so year. Bad. Even in that series, we yeah. lost so many. Yep. And when you're losing faceoffs, especially in your own zone, you're just setting yourself up for failure. And by the way, I'm going to say this as as just part of pay Talbot. Yep. Keep Talbot. Like I don't I don't know what else needs to be said about that. That man stood on his head the entire series. He played great. Played good, great hockey, great hockey. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm gonna I, I'm I'm soured by the consistent letdown of Minnesota sports front offices consistently and player just above average and nothing else. Right. So now I go. Oh, great. We've got the greatest goal. We've got the greatest rookie to come out in the last 14 years. That's what his numbers state. Yep. Right. Best in the last 14. So think about all the talent that's been drafted in the last 14 years. Caprice up far and above everyone else. Can you do what you should have done with other Adrian Peterson, all the other talent we've had in this state? Build around the man. Make him a centerpiece. Give him what he wants. Keep him happy. Pay him. Make him love this state so he wants to go win a title for us. Right. I think they will. And until they show me that they want to do that or that they're going to make I don't make think the right that moves. they need to do as much as you think. I really don't. I guess we'll maybe. All right. So we have the twins next. Oh, that's you true. want to flip? I will flip. I'm actually getting real scared that I'm going to be the captain of pessimism today because I've had I'm cool with it. I feel negatives. like it fits us. Did you just call me a pessimistic person? A little bit. There you go. You're an ass. And I Last half full. Oh, yay. On the team I didn't want it for. That's okay. Um, so all the Polad pocket protectors will go ahead and give me a round of applause on this. If we're going to do glass half full, you have to look at the talent that they do have inside the system, right? I do think Rocco Baldelli is a good coach, but I do think that he needs Baldelli. to be... I really think that he needs to hold the players on his roster a little bit more accountable. I get it that he's a player's coach and it worked for the first few years, but in every system in any sports area era ever, right? The player coach thing has an expiration date. There's a fine line between player coach and like that respect that you need as a manager or coach. So I think he becomes a very respected and even well sought sought after probably is the phrase I would use coach. If he can turn that corner, right? You got to look at guys like Sano. He's a power hitter. Sure, he's slumping, right? I don't know what his numbers are at this point. Um, I don't know what his numbers are at at this specific moment, 
right? But I know that he has the ability to be a 30 home run a year guy. When Buxton is healthy, he was in the MVP conversation early in the year. Kepler, if he can stop pulling the ball, is a guy, once again, 30 home run a year guy. Donaldson has proven he can do it. Barrios needs to take a, take a step and be the ace of that rotation if the Twins are going to win. So, like, all of the pieces are there. There's just something right now that's holding them back. I don't know why they play like a JV baseball team when they step out on the field sometimes. But it's just like, okay, find the time, get everybody healthy, hold everybody to a standard, and let them know. With this high quality of team, it's either you're making the playoffs and making a push, or we're going to have to start to move some pieces. If you like your teammates and you like where you're at, you want to continue to get paid, it's, it's got to be done here. I think they have a bright future. I unfortunately don't think that they're going to make the playoffs this year. When so I they just looked it up, they're 11 games back already in, in early June. There was a stat that came out early in the season. It was around the 36th game of the year. No team in MLB history has, won, has lost 25 of their first 36 games and then made the playoffs. There you go. And they far surpassed that. So I have half empty, correct? Yeah. So they have talent, but as much as baseball is an individual team sport, you know, it's one person up to bat, mm-hmm. one person fielding a ground ball, one person throwing it. It's still a team sport, and I don't think our pieces fit together the way that they need to. So agree. when you look back at the Twins teams that I hold dear and near to my heart. These ones? I mean, not even so much them, but like the Piranhas with Christian Guzman and, yeah. uh, you know, those guys who are just stealing bases, bunting, playing good fundamental baseball. They mm-hmm. worked together. Yep. And it was, you you played the totality of the Minnesota Twins. Right. You didn't have to play Josh Donaldson and then Miguel Sano and then Max Kepler. It wasn't yeah. as individualized as it is today. I also just don't think that those pieces fit together. Um, and then you go into, are we spending our money in the right places. So the twins have been kind of contenders, you know, that Bomba squad came out of nowhere. What was that? 2019, right? right? Yeah. That was before the COVID mm-hmm. year. Um, and they basically thought, Hey, we're going to try to make a run, make a push. And they brought in Josh Donaldson. It was the big signing. And Josh Donaldson has played what? Eight games, 10 games out of 55. The first game of the year, inning one, the dude gets hurt. That's true. So I don't think that putting our money in that basket was maybe the the way to go. Also, the pitching has always been a struggle. Here's the thing. Also, I'd like to point out, we're trying to be a home run team for the first time in Twins history, in my opinion. Yep. Like, we've always been a small ball team, bunt, field, do the right things. We're trying to be a home run team, and now I I believe this is the first year that the MLB has switched the baseball. Uh, That happened... The year that we were the Bomba Squad was the first year that it happened, and was then it? what? Yep, and and it's very it's like an unwritten rule. You're going to get the balls that fly during the season, and then in the postseason, you're going to get the dead balls. No, so I the think pitchers can get the show. dead balls now. No, they're playing. I'm positive. Go ahead and look at some of the numbers. You're telling me that Shohei Otani's hitting balls consistently over 450 feet, and those balls aren't juiced. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm just saying the home run numbers across the league this year. Are lower because of the dead ball. Well, they're also con- contemplating moving the mound back. Because so, of I don't think that the dead ball that we're getting in the past couple of years is helping the twin strategy as far as moving towards a home run style offense either. I agree. I just, and I think it's part of the glass half full perspective. That's how teams are going to be run moving forward, 
right? As, as home run hitting it, teams, it's gonna it's gonna be the way that baseball is. Because the unfortunate truth is that's what puts asses in seats, right? Like, I'm I'm really not sure if they're <laughs> cracking down on pine tar. Not sure. Great question, but not exactly sure. If I'm not sure. Last person I remember getting busted for that was what Sammy Sosa. Yeah, I got to break in here, guys. It's uh, pine tar for the pitchers. The spin oh, rates, because right. the spin rates yeah, are sky yeah. high, so that's why offense is down as far as I know. I that's... know that they were doing uh, the Dodgers pitcher. Yeah, he's a uh, Trevor Bauer, right? Oh, Trevor Bauer, Bauer. Yeah. Power Bauer, yeah. Power Bauer. That, that's the most fascinating thing I've ever seen is like what spin rates have done to offense, and but, that's my understanding. And I think that's where – so obviously they went through – baseball in, in general went through this massive push in – like the Billy Bean era for statistics, right? Yep. I think baseball got All lost in statistics as to where you kind of see the happy medium with football. You've kind of seen the happy medium with basketball. Baseball being the pioneer steered, if you ask me, way too far left into the skid, right? And now everything turned into velocity, launch angle, spin rate. I think every sport goes in ebbs and flows, right? So if you look at football, it's running game and defense. All of a sudden it's, hey, who can score 50 points? And now it's back a little bit more to running game and defense. Yep. I think baseball will go that same way. In five, 10 years, it's gonna be who has the best pitching staff, who plays the best defense, and who knows how to move a runner from first to second effectively and hit a base hit. So I think the, the Twins would be best off, honestly, doing what they've always done and the tradition of the Twins and playing small ball and playing good defense and stop wasting money on old sluggers like Josh Donaldson. That's true. That's the one thing that I, that I noticed that has, that has changed And glass half full. If you're going to do it, commit to it. Right. Right. If you're going to go out and find a slugger, don't give me Josh Donaldson. When Manny Machado and Bryce Five Harper were on this like, prime, right. When, when Manny Machado or Bryce Harper or, Tatis or Lindor or one of these guys hits the market, go get that guy. Right. Right? Like, well, it's a Minnesota staple that we get the guys five years past their prime, though. Right. Donovan Gnab and so on and so forth. Right. All right. So that's what I got for the twins. So now. let us know what else you guys think. Yeah, especially twins regarding and, the twins. And how we're wrong or how Nick's wrong specifically. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Go ahead and flip for the bikes. No, I flipped for the twins. All right. You got the bikes. I hope you get. Actually, I'm I'm happy with either one here. So have at it. Either one is easy. Yeah. Half full. You want to go first for half empty? Yeah, I'll take half empty. I will absolutely take half empty. And the majority of this is going to be directed at Kirk Cousins. So if you that see this, coming. pay the fuck attention. Right? They signed this man to the first guaranteed contract money in NFL history. Right? I have said this since the day that it happened. There should have been a standard set. He was the first one to have a contract like this, so there should have been a stipulation that came with it, right? Case Keenum got us to an NFC championship game. You have three years. If we don't get to an NFC championship game, I'm not paying you any more money. Right. That's how that should have gone. It would have I mean, set the standards the half full, for the remainder of quarterbacks in the league that then wanted guaranteed cash. Right. We didn't do that, so now we got to lay in the bed we made, right? So you have in a consistently underperforming Kirk Cousins, and if you ask me, he's very similar to what I see out of uh, like Russell Westbrook. You're going to look at the stat line every day, and you're going to go, oh, 250, 65% completion percentage. Three touchdowns. Three touchdowns, a pick, 
right? And we lost. But in the fourth quarter, he fell apart and got sacked or held onto the ball too long or he fumbled it or whatever. And he doesn't have like that go get it. Like, you like that? That was a, a Thursday. Once ga- in a lifetime. It was a Sunday game at one with nobody watching Yeah, for a bad team, right? The standards are higher. Expectations change everything that you do. So, and actually, if you're the Vikings listening to this as well, I now know that we have $14.2 million in free cap space. Can we not shift that into Kirk's contract this year? I'm cool with the roster we got. But then he's an 11 or a $16 million quarterback next year. You want to trade Kirk? You want to give Kellen Mond a shot, which is why they drafted him? Make Kirk Cousins a cheap quarterback. You're telling me Pittsburgh's not going to be looking for somebody after Ben retires if Dwayne Haskins isn't the answer or some of these other quarterbacks that are going to be on their way out because they can't get a deal done or somebody gets hurt. The Vikings need to start protecting themselves from themselves and from Kirk Cousins to win some of the leverage back. So maybe shifting some of that money into his current contract instead of doing what everybody else is doing, which is kicking the ball down the road, you know, with the cap problems, that may solve some things. So that takes care of Kirk Cousins. If he plays better, I don't even think... He's going to come back. Two years from now, he's going to be gone. Then we can get into the coaching staff. Zim, can you find an offensive coordinator and keep him? Like, I love the Minnesota Vikings. I have broken televisions over wide lefts against Seattle, right? But Mike Zim can't hold on to an offensive coordinator. You also want to wonder why the offense is in shambles, why you can't draft a consistent offensive line, why... You have inconsistent weapons, inconsistent quarterback play. The run game's there for three weeks, and then it's not there. It's because none of the schemes match year to year. Okay, so you go Kubiak to Kubiak. I still have no idea who that guy is. He's Kirk's Kirk's quarterback coach. That's all I know about him. And Kirk doesn't play great quarterback. And he's his dad's son. And as good as our offense was last year, did it get us into the playoffs? No, it did not. Okay. Then you look at the defensive side of the ball, where Zim's kid is on the coaching staff. So is this just a legacy gig now? Mike, if you're a head coach and you pop a kid out, are you holding the spot for 16 years for them to come in and be an assistant? Probably not. No. Right? You have to earn those spots. Like the fact that the Vikings didn't go out this year and at least interview the guy from, yeah, I, I would agree. I don't think he's a winner. I would no. agree with that. I, I, I As much as – I'm supposed to be the half full guy. I agree with it as well. So here's here's why it is half full. Okay. Hang on, so, hang on one second. The point I wanted to make about the coaching thing, who's the Chiefs offensive coordinator? Um the enemy? No. Yeah. yeah, it was. I don't remember his name. It could be Eric Bienemy. The fact that he wasn't interviewed for the offensive coordinator job at the very least is a joke. Eric Bienemy. That that shows incompetence on Spielman's level because you very easily knowing that he has studied under Andy Reid, he has a Super Bowl, so he knows how to play. He knows how to do playoff football. He's got a lot of weapons, very similar to what they're trying to build on offense for the Minnesota Vikings, that Spielman didn't make an offer that blew everybody out of the water for him to be the offensive coordinator. And then you go, okay, if Zim's defense doesn't perform, this job is going to be yours. That's incompetence by Spielman because you have to what? I told you, you have to be looking to win football games. And if you're not looking to win football games, the teams that are are going to beat you every single time. And I think that's part of the reason why Daniel Hunter's upset. And part of the reason why I think our season may flake is because I don't even know if he's going to show up and he's the best pass rusher in the league. You done? Now I'm done. 
Okay, there were four teams in the NFC that scored more points than us last year. Yep. There was one team that allowed more points. Yeah. So it was all of our defense. Zim. So we were we were seven and nine. The Bears finished eight and eight. And correct me if I'm wrong. Do we not play the Bears week seventeen? Yep. For a playoff spot. Yep. Okay. So we're basically one game out of the playoffs last year with basically I want to say eight of eleven, if not more, backups on the defensive side of the ball. Okay. Okay, so we've brought back Daniel Hunter. We've brought back Michael Pierce, who are sat we, out. Are we bringing back Daniel Hunter? Yes. Just wait. He'll he'll be in purple in the fall, guaranteed. We're bringing back Daniel Hunter. Michael Pierce is coming back because he sat out from COVID. Yep. We're bringing in Dalvin Tomlinson. Yep. Kendricks is back. That defense is going to be back to the Minnesota Vikings defense this year. That won't allow the second most points allowed in the NFC. Hopefully. Okay. And let's not forget, we were one game away from the playoffs last year. So you're bringing back basically one of the top defenses in the NFL, healthy and strong and ready to go. You're also bolstering the secondary that is Zim's specialty that he's always been trying to run with rookies or really yeah. young guys. And now we're bringing in some experience and some some veteranship in the back end with Patrick Peterson. And there's one more guy that I just had on the tip Xavier of my tongue. Woods. Xavier Woods. Uh, that secondary is going to look different. We're not going to be cursing at our TV, giving up 30-yard bombs every Sunday. Yeah, to be seen. Offensively, I think we're okay. You know, fourth in the NFC, I think is what I said. Fourth in the NFC, yep. as far as points four, is definitely competitive when you bring in that top five defense back from basically IR all year last year. How far back does that offense step, though? Because it's Clinton, not Gary. I don't think... I don't think it does. I think that there's continuity there between the Kubiaks and Kirk Cousins. The yeah. system itself is not going to change. If anything, you're giving Kirk the keys to the car and saying, hey, you know this system. Now you have to win. Now you have to win. You you call some of your own game a little bit. Yeah. Like you, you feel it out. You go with what you're confident in. And I think Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback when he's confident. Although I do agree. The biggest thing that would change the Minnesota Vikings is if Kirk Cousins played with a chip on his shoulder. The fact that I played the position, obviously not at that level, but the fact that he gives up and like falls on himself for plays, like you are not Peyton Manning, dude. You have legs. Move your ass. Get out of the pocket. Try to break a tackle and deliver the ball downfield. Like if he can add that to his game. That's how he throws interceptions. Please don't do that. Please, please, Kirk, look at me. Don't do that. That's not, uh, no. I'd rather you do that. Then, yeah, no sand in his belly, wears pink panties. And I think that's exactly <laughs> what he's talking about because he just he falls on himself. It looks like he's he tripping over himself in the pocket when anything breaks down. So if he can add any sort of improvis improvisation. 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 There you go. I think it's either one. Like, okay. If he can add that to his game, he'll be much more effective and the offense will be much more effective, especially because a lot of his passes are rollouts off of the zone game with Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Again, you're going to get more Irv Smith this year as we move down from Kyle Rudolph. That's Looks a really vertical good, threat from the tight end position. You have Justin Jefferson entering his second year. I don't think that there's going to be a sophomore slump. I think he's just going to get more comfortable because the offense is its uh, is the same. And I think they're going to begin to utilize him differently too, knowing he's the guy. Right. Maybe. Right. And then you have Thielen as well. Like I think the Vikings go. I would say realistically, probably an 11 and six season this year and make the playoffs. Ooh, so we're making predictions? Is that what we're doing? Go ahead. I mean, you, you have to make a prediction from a glass-half-empty point of view today, though. That's so it's true. A little different. That's true. I mean, even glass-half-empty. If this team does not make... Here's what I'll say, and you can write this down and clip it and take it to the bank. 
if they don't make the playoffs, you have to blow the whole thing up. Okay. You have to clean, you have to start with Spielman. I think you just and go down. I think you just move on from number eight. I don't think you have to blow the whole thing up. It's it's a culture thing. All those guys are Zim's guys. So you're telling me you fire Zim not making the playoffs. You're going to get the same guys that want to take pay cuts. Kendricks, Barr, Smith, the guys that he drafted and created. I would say it depends on why we didn't make the playoffs. If we have a severe injury bug like we did this year, and again, half of our defense is out with injury. Who hires training staff? Well, can you really blame that on Zim, though? Who hires training staff? I don't know. Spielman. Okay, so are you going to blame Zim for it? No, I'm going to blame Spielman, who... Takes direction from Zim. Blow the whole thing up. I don't want another 8-8 eight eight So season. if Daniil Hunter tears his ACL, it's somehow Spielman's fault, is what you're trying to tell me. Absolutely. They should have taken better care of him. You're crazy. That's... All right. I'm going to move on. I can't even I can't even look at you right now. I mean... The Vikings I, will make the playoffs this year. Don't worry. They will. Uh, let's, let's hope, right? Like, I really do hope that they make the playoffs. I just know that they have a, they have a lot to prove. Hopefully we haven't. I mean, we're going to have an easier schedule this year too because we finished third in the division. That's true. That's very true. I didn't even. I hadn't even really considered that we're going to be playing a third place schedule. Who do we have for our showcase game? Do you know? I don't. You should look that up. Sure. But uh, we'll get more into the Vikings. Obviously, you can tell me and Mike. That's probably football is the show that, or the the sport, the show, <laughs> the sport that we follow the hardest on uh, on this show. And so you're going to get a lot of that. Like you got a lot of Rodgers, like you got a lot of Julio. You're going to hear me. I don't really want to talk about Aaron Rodgers like ever again, though. I don't really ever want to talk about the Packers. Yeah, me either. But uh, yeah, no, I just, uh, that's what we'll be talking about. So I guess that's it. So if you're if you're keeping count, Mike thinks the Vikings will make the playoffs. I say they have to. Um, the Wild, for me, have to make the playoffs this they next will year. will again. And Mike thinks that they will. The Minnesota Twins have a lot of work to do. And they don't know what to do. But they have the talent. The and uh, Timberwolves will make the playoffs next year. If we, I don't know, sell to another individual or Taylor takes his hands off two years early, like I, I have zero confidence that we're getting. Here, if you want to clip something, we're not getting a point guard in the first round. I mean, it all depends on where we fall in the lottery. Well, that's part of my prediction. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, Go ahead, man. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, please let us know what you think of the show. Comment, subscribe, share all on all of the social medias. There's like 12 of them now. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, we can be found on all of them. Please go like, subscribe, and share with your friends. Uh, send us sports memorabilia. Uh, we'd love to highlight anything that you guys have at home uh, that you'd like to send us. We can highlight it just for a show. We'll be switching out jerseys like every week. Um, doing different things with our set as well just to keep you guys interested and your eyes entertained as well yeah, maybe we, we are can, not maybe we can change some stuff and we can like run a who notices competition yeah that'd be fun something like that yeah so please send us your sports memory uh anything to add yeah uh, if you're a sports today? personality that wants to come on this show as well let us know we would love to see you pick your brain me and mike are semi-smart i guess if you watch this episode and decided that we didn't we'll absolutely suck yeah. right there's that. Um, go ahead, drop by next week, Thursday, 11-ish, 11.04 for Mike. Um, and we will come back and possibly talk about Coach K retiring. Yep. Um, we'll hopefully at some point have an update on Aaron Rodgers leaving, if not the division football as a whole, where does Julio Jones land? Um, as we get closer to the season, I'm sure we're going to find out a lot about some of these quarterback battles. So there's going to be a lot of fun stuff for us to talk about. And I promise we're going to get better. 
because this I'm not going to sit here and say this show stunk, but it wasn't perfect and progress is part of the play. So we will see you guys next Thursday at 11. Thank you very much and have a good rest of your week. <laughs>